hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Last week he, he was talking about the, the guy that uh, asked for prayer. He said, well, I kind of already know how it's going to turn out. It's going to turn out one way or the other. So I got two options, right? One way or the other. And both times, whether it turns out one way or the other, God won't let you down if it turns out one way or the other. And that, it's confidence. Now, it's not always feels good when you're going through that, you know? And somehow, Lord always has a way of simplifying down to past all the emotional worry and concern. In fact, let's turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 35, and let me kind of break down about 10 verses here and share with you just a real practical life lesson. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of thunder, come unto him saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, well, okay, I hear you. You're saying you got a desire and you want it. So you're talking to the, the one that can answer. And he said to them, well, what, do you, should I, what should I do for you? Then they come back to Jesus and they got a little conversation going on. Give us, each, each give us, grant unto us that we might sit one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your glory. But Jesus said unto them, you know not what you ask. Can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, we can. And Jesus said unto them, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and with the baptism that I baptize with all, you shall be baptized. However, but to sit on my right hand and on my left, it's not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be much displeased with John and James. But Jesus called unto them and said unto them, you know that, that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles, look at this, exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it be among, but so shall it, shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be, be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. For even the Son of Man, Jesus himself, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. What do you do when you ask the Lord, God, here's the desires of my heart. That's a prayer request from James and John. They take the prayer request because they had a desire to sit upon the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. They'd had a desire. We quote the scripture all the time. You delight yourself in his ways, he'll give you the desires of your heart, right? We say it all the time. What's your desire? What do you want him to do for you? Have you what do you do when you've taken your prayer request to the Lord? It's a desire of your heart. He answers back, but the answer that he gives you is not what you're looking for. It's different. He comes back to you and says, I know you're looking for the end result, but I'm asking you, are you able to withstand the process before the end result gets here? Can you trust me with the end result? Even though the process might be hard. 
He looks back at James and John and he says, listen, here's the deal, guys. Can you handle the process? Can you be baptized with the, the baptism I am or the, drink the cup that I drink? Can you do it? Sure, we can handle that because they're so focused on the end result. They're willing on the front end to say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Have you ever asked the Lord, God, I need you to answer, I need a job change. I need a family situation turned upside down. I need a financial miracle. I need my body to be healed. I need, and all these things, and two things happen. When it comes back to us different than what we thought it was gonna be, we ask, number one, did God hear me? My prayers are not just going to the ceiling. They're getting hit, the, hit, the, hit, the, hit in a glass, uh, a brass ceiling. I'm not getting them answered. God, what, what are you doing? Where, where are you in this situation? Can you trust the Lord for the outcome? Even though he's concerned about the process. Are we so focused on the outcome? We already have it in our mind, right hand or left hand. Or are we so focused on that right hand or the left hand that we miss the lesson and the purging and the challenge and the change and the transformation? You'll not be transformed by the outcome. You'll be transformed by the process. Amen. When you marry a hardhead, It won't be your honeymoon and it won't be your first year anniversary that makes it all great. It's gonna be those 365 days in the middle that you're gonna to live together and realize that there's got some stuff, we got some stuff to work on. There's some stuff that ain't happening the way they should be happening. How many know what I'm talking about? When his insecurities start rising up, your insecurities start rising up, and we got to live together. So your prayers to God begin to change a little bit. And you say to him, God, I need him to change. God, I need her to change. And the Lord looks back at you and says, can you be baptized by the, the, the baptism that I'm baptized with? Can you drink of the cup that I'm drinking the cup with? Well, well yeah, certainly, Lord, give it, give it to me. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll do, what, I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen. Let me tell you what whatever it takes means. Whatever it takes means serving, not demanding. Humility, not arrogance and pride. Humble yourself, even if it looks like you're losing. Even if it looks like you're less than. Serving him when you don't wanna serve him. Serving her when you don't wanna serve her. If it's all about sitting on the right hand or the left hand, about God, answer this prayer for me. Some people want this, they got this idea. I got this thing, God, she is the one for me. She is the, she's the one, she is the one. I, I'm so thankful and things are going pretty well and at the time things are going pretty well and you're seeing change take place and there's momentum and there's a little bit of joy and excitement, it all gets really good for a moment because then you can look at him and say, man, I like this, Lord. He'll say, can you drink of this cup and be baptized at the baptism I'm getting? I certainly can, God, because she's right by my side. The first time she turns on you, Our answer to him and our prayer back to him is, God, I need her on the right side again. I need to get that joy and that momentum and that feeling I had when it was all going well. And the Lord's saying, you don't understand, I'm changing you. I'm, 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 I'm making you go through the process because there's some stuff inside of you that's full of yourself that's gotta go away. And if it goes away, it'll prepare you 
for the thing that God has for you, and the thing that God has for you is greater than just being on the right hand or the left. Some of my greatest prayers have gone unanswered. And later in life, I look back and went, thank God I didn't get that. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I've done it, I've prayed. And I'm talking about grabbing the horns of the altar, going, God, this is it. I know, I know, God, you want me to do this, this is it, and, and, and nothing happening. And then I'd pray the prayer of this, are you even hearing me? And the Lord's, I know what he's saying, I just couldn't hear him at the time. Later I looked at it and said, I feel like the Lord looked back at me and said, yes, I can hear you, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. You don't like my answer. So you're gonna to try to work another angle. Mm-hmm. I might as well just have a benediction right now. For, anybody know what I'm talking about? You go through this process that you feel like, God, I'm on fire for the Lord. Your, things are going well. I need this to happen. You got your whole list of prayer requests, and I'm not, I'm not joking. Very few of my prayer requests have ever been answered like I thought he would answer them. They get answered, but his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. He has a better plan than you can have a plan, better plan. Nobody wants to be on the right hand or the left hand if he doesn't want you on the right hand or the left hand. You want what God has for you, right? So what we don't pray, though, is we don't pray if it be your will. What we pray is, here's how it works. God, I'm going to go ahead and give you those petitions in my heart. My desire is to be on the right hand and the left hand. This is the sons of Zebedee. I want to be on the right hand or the left hand. That's the desire of my heart. Jesus asked him, what's your desire? I want to be on the right hand or the left hand. Okay, can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Can you go through the hard time like I'm going to go through the hard time? Can, can you handle the toughness when it don't happen like you thought it was going to happen and when you thought it was going to happen? Are you going to fall out, work out, pull away, fall away? Are you going to get discouraged and, and, and everything going to fall apart? Are you going to turn on everybody else when it's not going the way you thought? Or... Can you hang with me during this process when you need the job that you want and it didn't happen like you thought you were gonna get it? When you thought she was the one but she leaves and you're left by yourself. So does, does, does your world fall apart when you get bad news? Are you so anchored on his good news that even bad news can't trump the good news? Is your confidence in him or is your confidence in what you see? Can you trust him when you don't see him? You're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing. You're praying, listen, I'm just telling you from things I know. You're praying for that, that, that change in your financial situation and it got worse. And panic starts setting in. You're going, oh my God, what am I, what am I gonna do? And you go back to the Lord and say, what are you gonna do? Lord, you gotta do something about this. This is out of control. And if you're like me, you'll do it this way. I've given my heart to you. I don't know what else I can do. What else you want from me? Endure. I need you to endure. Well, I want it instantaneously. Yeah, you wanna be on the right hand or the left. What's more valuable is going through the process that Jesus went through or getting what Jesus got? Is it the end result, the microwave, 
or do we want the crock pot that's gonna make it really tender and taste good all the way through? I got news for you. Christianity is not a microwave. It is not a microwave. In fact, if you're like me, I come and check the crock pot at least 10 or 12 times to see how far along it is. The microwave, I wait for the ding. Am I talking to anybody? So you can just put the, set the timer, you know it's gonna be three minutes or less, right? Over here, you gotta keep checking and tasting it. Why? Because it's got some work to do, right? But when it comes out and it's ready, it's, th- it's thoroughly cooked. It's thorough. It's complete. It's perfect. It's finished. Right? You can't raise kids in a microwave. They're crock pots. It's the way it works. Because some days you wonder if it's even on. You have to check to see what you turned and set it on. Because they're not getting it. Right? You get married, and you're thinking, well, when we dated, it was pretty microwavable, right? Came in a pretty good package. You get 10 years into this thing, package changed. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I've got to get out of this thing now. (laughs) But too many of us are so circumstantial driven that when circumstances don't line up with what we know it to be true, we let the circumstances dictate our actions. We get frustrated, we get angry, we get mad, we get hot, we get, and we start getting frustrated at everybody around us. No, 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 listen, here's how this works, and I'm just gonna tell you how, how it works, it's, it's pretty quick and clear. You gotta know that you're not quitting no matter what, right? You have to have a resolve, no matter how bad it is, I ain't quitting. I'm in this thing for the long haul, I'm not in this thing for the short fix. It's not all about what I can get, it's who I can serve. You heard, you saw Jesus, he said, listen, in the Gentiles, they put people over top of people and the greatest people get over, over, become leaders. And they just start telling everybody what to do. If you think that's how this thing works, you're gonna miss what God is doing in your life. What God is doing in your life is you've got to serve. Your job is to help somebody else lift their lid to become all they're supposed to do. And it starts in the house and then it works in an extended family and then it works with your coworkers and the people that God puts you in relationship with. The church has caught, caught too much caught up in over the years of looking over top of the people that we're connected to to try to get those people that we're not even connected to. We forget about who we have instead of who we don't have. So we're looking out here going, I need to save Huntington. You need to save the third row of the church. Right? And quit looking past all of the people to get to the people that you don't have because it's creeped out over into the world. That's why husbands are looking for other women when their wives are at home. Kids come home and are looking around going, well, this is not how their house does it. So they become comparing and we become comparing and those that compare themselves one to another, the Bible says is not wise because you can get invoked jealousy. And when you become jealous, you become covetous. And then you're not content with what you do have and you forget and your eyes get out there and you forget where you're even going. And the Lord's telling the church today, I'm telling you, he's telling us, 
because success is starting to creep back into the country again, even though it's, there's division, there's all kinds of craziness, intertwined in all the middle of that, opportunity and success is coming. Prosperity is where we are. It's coming back to the church. It's coming back to America. It's coming back to the world. God's shifting a lot of things around. And we have to be able to be prepared. Otherwise, we'll forget about what got us where we are. What got you where you are was serving, caring about other people, and not to be served, but to serve. Let me, you're not helping people out. You're dedicating your life to being, for them to be all they can be. You're serving your home. Husbands, serve your wife. Wife, serve your husband. Children, clean up your room. Right? I'm gonna look over here, because I know some of those over there. What I'm telling you is this. Here's a picture, prophetic picture of the church of Jesus Christ right now in America. Opportunity, momentum, excitement. In the midst of the opioid crisis, in the midst of all the division that's happening at the political and the governmental level, all the midst of that, in the middle of all of that, in mainstream everyday life, people are starting to believe again. They're starting to believe. Churches are starting to begin to go, oh, man, this is what it's all about. The message of the gospel of the kingdom is coming back to the church. Jesus is becoming the center. When we got caught up in all kinds of prosperity in the, in the 80s and 90s, we got caught up in making big names for people. We got caught up in all that stuff and big and all this mega, 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 all this stuff. The people got lost. But in the last decade, there has been a shift back to local church, local people. One upon one, not 20 upon 20, right? Back to cities again, back to communities again, back to families again. Listen, I told Steph this about two weeks ago. I said, you know what really needs to happen? We got this Colin Kaepernick thing down and him kneeling, and I don't know where you stand on that politically, but I know, I know this. What really needs to happen, I told her this a couple weeks ago. I said, what needs to happen is, instead of having a singer sing the national anthem, can somebody just lead the first couple words and let the 60,000 fans sing the national anthem? We, do we have to have Carrie Underwood do it? If there's 60,000 people in the stands, and if 60,000 people are singing, do we really care who's kneeling? Right? Because our focus becomes on that instead of the 60,000 people that are screaming from their lands, their, 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 their lungs, oh say can he see, right? Last week, at a, at a, at a, at a, two weeks ago, somebody sent me a video at a graduation or some big event at some school. Gymnasium is packed, about five or 6,000 people there. A lady gets up, she's singing the national anthem, she's one of their people. She starts to sing, and when she started singing, she got two-thirds of the way through the song, and her microphone fell out. And all 6,000 people finished the song. County in West Virginia said they were going to have school prayer, they going to have prayer at the football game. They said, that's okay. There's 5,000 of us coming to the ball game. 5,000 people will get up and pray. We don't have to have the loudspeaker. 5,000 are louder than the loudspeaker. Amen. Now, can I tell you, what is the Lord saying? What is, what's the heart of God? What's the message of the Lord? It's got to go from here to there. 
to center on a figure to center on a people. Our message is to mobilize the body of Christ. We have to mobilize. You together and collectively with us have a bigger voice than any one voice. Right? So the sound of many waters that the world is waiting on is the sound of an accompany of people that are all in this thing moving together, making advancements into culture and into life. But here's the issue. Here's what we struggle with. If the church is more concerned about being on the right hand or the left, we will abort the process of God's will for the city and the community. Because if you want to be on the right, if you want to be successful and you want to have a name, you're in the wrong place. I'm talking about the kingdom. We're, 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 yeah, we want, I'm not talking about you should be successful. I'm just talking about this ain't about you. Yeah. It's about him, Amen. right? And when you make it about him, he makes it about you. Yeah. But if you think he just came to make your name great and my name great, we're wrong. We've gone through that over the last couple of decades. Yeah. And it's got distorted. It got so distorted that the, the world is aimlessly looking around for the message of Jesus Christ and what we do is we just have really good programming at the church to attract more people. So we have to change our marketing capacity and marketing schemes to get more people to come in. That is not what the Lord is doing. He's not doing that just to get people to come in so you can gather a big bunch of people. They can hear me speak and then sing. It's about you and progressing and advancing in your life. I'm asking you today. It's easy to champion. I'm asking you, can you be baptized with the baptism he's baptized with? Can you drink from the cup that he has drank from? What's that look like? Humble yourself. That means put other people before yourself. That means endure when it doesn't look like you're winning. That means don't quit when things get hard. Don't turn on everybody when things aren't working for you. And trust God with the outcome bigger than you can trust yourself with telling him how you want the outcome. Went to the Marshall football game last night. Marshall, WVU, Ohio State, Kentucky, all of them won yesterday. It was a good day. No matter where you stand, somebody has to be happy today. Went to the game, but we had a, had a call the night before, and one of our people that we love so much had a real bad Friday night. And it was so bad Friday night. He was a young man that he uh, got some real bad news. Things were going for him real well, and he had made such progress in the last couple of months that, my gosh, it, was just, it seemed like everything was just going well for him. And then all of a sudden, he finds this girl comes in his life. Things are, things are happening, and he sees, man, this is it. This is it. And finally, on Friday night, I mean, he lands a, a good opportunity in his future. All kinds of things are happening. And on Friday evening, the girl drops the bomb on him. I don't think this is what I'm looking for, okay? So he comes around and he's going, man. Now, keep in mind, I could probably list 10 or 15 things that are going well, over the top well, 
But the one thing that had captured his heart bottomed out. So when that happens and your bottoms out, the natural tendency is to get so consumed with the loss that you forget the 10 wins. Right? You got momentum, this is for somebody, you got momentum in your marriage and things are going well. He comes home mad one day and you have a fight and you feel like you went back six months. No, you just went back about 10 minutes. Don't hang that on him and him have to live up underneath that thing. You move past it, reconcile and move on. Why? Don't forfeit your wins because you feel like you got a big loss. And all of a sudden he bottoms out, man, and, and things just fall apart on him. So then he begins to make decisions out of the hurt of the loss and jeopardize the wins, which is what the enemy would love for you to do. Because he can't get you to, he can't destroy you, but he can get you to self-destruct. I'm talking about the baptism that Jesus was baptized with and the cup that he drank from. I ain't talking about right on the left. I'm talking about when you got winds that are happening, but it looks like a big loss is apparent and you're feeling the pain and the hurt and the suffering and, 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 and the emptiness and the disappointment and the betrayal. All those things are happening inside of your heart and you can't help it. I'm not telling you not to ignore your, your, your emotions. They're real. That affliction hurts. It's sensitive. It means something. But let the affliction do its perfect work. Don't you work the affliction. The difference is you let God, when you're in that kind of pain, when you're in that kind of suffering, when you're in that kind of moment, you just don't know, it's not a time for you to take matters into your own hands and begin to lash out at everybody else, try to protect those 10 wins. The best thing for you to do at that moment is to isolate yourself just for a brief moment to catch your breath and you begin to reflect on all the good things that are happening in your life. And when you start thinking on things that are good, joyful, full of joy, pure and lovely, when those things start happening inside of you, it'll smother out the pain, even though the pain is still there. You will not react, you begin to respond. There is a difference between reacting and responding. You react to external things. You respond to things from the internal. So when you know you got 10 things that God is doing good for you, or five things, or two things, and you see momentum, when that blow comes to you, and it's not putting you on the right hand or the left hand, and it doesn't line up with your theology, or you think, God, where are you in this thing? How in the world is it? When it doesn't line up, the thing you wanna hang on to are the wins that you have, right? And begin to celebrate and to think about how God is doing in your life and trust him that on the other side of the affliction, on the other side of the pain, on the other side of the hurt is a greater will for your life than what you even asked him from the beginning. Because what this young man will find out, either they reconcile and she is for him, or there's somebody out there that's the perfect match that God will bring to this young man. Right? But tell somebody that's in pain, she ain't for you. Somebody gets fired from their job. There's a better one out there for you. Just lost everything you had. Oh, God will come back around. He's got something better for you. 
Those are encouraging words that come from the believer. But let me tell you, I'm gonna arm you with something today. When somebody's in that position, and somebody's in that place, and it's dark, and it hurts, and it's painful, they're not really interested in just hearing you say, there's a championship around the corner. Even though it's a good thing to say, let me tell you what really happens. Is when you're down there on the bottom with them, you reach down, you grab their hand, you tell them, I've been there. I thought it was gonna turn out one way too, but it turned out differently. And thank God it turned out the way it turned out. And some things I can't explain. Some things don't have answers. I'm not gonna try to explain everything for God, but I do know this. The baptizing that you're feeling right now and the cup that you're drinking from right now, it's painful and it hurts and it's real. But I got news for you. It won't last forever. I'm gonna tell you, don't make any rash decisions. Don't make any impulse decisions. Don't react to circumstance or situation out of that hurt because if you do, you will self-destruct and have to repair things that you already have in place today. I know a guy that was clean for five years. Everybody was believing his mom to live. Clean for five years, on fire for God. Believing for his mom to live. She died. So he's mad at God. You didn't hear me. All you people that prayed, you didn't, there's no faith. Where are you? Where, come, come on. We got, so I, me and a couple of pastors from other places were with him. And uh, one guy came up, good intentions, came up to him and said, hey, it's, and it's gonna be okay. You know, your mom made choices and those choices make her, you know, come to this place. And, and I'm sitting there going, my God, you know? The other guy comes up and he says, hey, he said, God, God took her home. And it's because she didn't have enough faith. She didn't have the faith that she needed to be able to pray. And you know, we gotta build faith and we gotta have faith. And if we'd had enough faith, she'd have, she'd have probably made it. So I'm over there and I'm listening. And I know this guy, but I'm not really that much in his life. And I'm behind here and I'm listening to this stuff happening over there. And I wanted to say, I'm gonna have to ask you guys to be quiet. Because I know him but I don't know that guy that you're talking about. I, I don't, that woman was a woman of faith. She believed God for her whole heart. Yeah. Yeah. I reached down and grabbed a hold of this young man's hands, crying, tears running down his face, ripped, his heart was ripping out. He couldn't even feel he was so numb. And I said, I don't know why. I don't know. And the hurt, I can't explain what you're feeling, but I know it's real. I don't know what to tell you to do, but I'm gonna tell you what you're not to do. You're not gonna go medicate to cover the pain. Yeah. I'm gonna be right with you every step of the way, and if you wanna punch me, hit me. If you wanna scream, you scream. If you wanna cuss, you cuss, right? If you wanna kick something, kick something, but we're gonna do it together. 
And I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it feels like. But I'm telling you right, you are not going back out there. And you're going to erase five years because somebody don't know how to give a good answer for the Lord. You're not doing it. So let's just start eliminate your options. You can't go back out on the drugs. You're not looking for alcohol and you're not looking for drugs as your solution. Can you promise me that you won't try to cover up something? You'll let the pain be real, let the hurt be real, and make yourself vulnerable to the pain rather than try to cover it up? He says, I can do it. I said, because you don't understand this. This thing I do know. I don't know why she died. And I know she had faith. I know you had faith. I know we all had faith, but I don't have the answer. And one day the Lord's gonna have to give us an answer for that. But until he does, I'm gonna tell you this, that pain you're feeling right now is gonna work to your advantage somehow. I'm not saying her death will, but I am saying that pain you're feeling will. Somehow it has a way of working and the Lord works with it. And I said, because he felt the same pain on the cross. He felt the same pain on the betrayal from Judas. He felt the same pain when he was standing there looking over Jerusalem saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, why won't you receive me as a mother hen would pick up her chicks? I, I want to gather you all, but you're not receiving me. He felt rejected. He felt despised and rejected. He felt bruised. He, he felt the pain. He felt all the, the emotional turmoil where great drops of blood were hitting to the ground. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane and it was just falling apart for him. And he was going, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this work. God, is there any other way this cup could pass? Any other way, please? Not my will but your will be done. If you can stand strong and say, listen, my, it's, it's, it's got, there's gotta be another way that the pain can escape. It's hurting so bad. My wife won't serve the Lord. The husband won't serve the Lord. I've had loss. I've had pain. I've had experiences that I can't explain. And Lord, maybe some I'm doing and some I haven't done. I don't understand all the way, but I'm not willing to go back out into the world to medicate on the things of the world to cover my pain. I'm gonna let the suffering, the pain, and the hurt have its perfect word. Every tear I cry, it's gonna lead a solution. And I promise it's not gonna last forever. I said, your mom is not gonna come back. That's a reality. But I will tell you this, this event, this experience, can sure change your perspective. If you'll let God reveal himself to you in this process, it'll be the best thing you ever did. He committed to me until this day. We still don't have an answer why his mom didn't live. I ran into that pastor friend the other day. He said, well, you just gotta teach people to have faith. Teach people to have faith. I wanted to take him down. I said, it was my opportunity then though. I said, he, she had faith. She had faith. I said, I don't understand. I don't get it. And then a scripture came to me and said, many people before their time that went to sleep and passed away for the lack of discerning, Paul said it in Corinthians, discerning the Lord's body. So I said, God, I'm gonna leave this right here with you. And that scripture came to my head and I said, and I'm gonna say this to you, Lord. What does that scripture truly mean? And how can it be applicable, not just the theology, how can it be not just quoted, but lived? I need you to make that a living reality for your people. That it could be portable and transferable. That it's not just something that we learn and try to rehearse, but it's something that comes from the inside and out.
What am I telling you today? The Lord is doing incredible things in the lives of believers. The enemy tries to come in and destruct, but he can't destroy. He can only get you to self-destruct. So when things aren't turning like you thought they would, don't get frustrated at the process. Recognize it's a crock pot, not a microwave. And trust the end result is better than you could ever imagine. And God has something stored up for you that's greater than you could even prescribe to him. He's gonna do something incredible in your life and the work has already started and begun. Your kids are watching. Because I took Caden with me to visit that family last night. And they're, they're like family to me. Good, love them. And I looked down on this young man, there's a call on his life like you would not believe. It's not even normal call. It's, it's, it's unusual. So I took Caden down with me and I said, Caden, when we get there, I said, all we're gonna do is offer some love and support, encouragement. He said, we can do that. I said, yeah, we can. So I took him in the house and we're there and the young man is just crying his eyes out. His pain is real. It's God, it's real. Can't invalidate it. It's real. The hurt. Caden looks at him and says, touches his shoulder and he says, he said, this is what kills me. He says, so and so, I look up to you. You set example for me. I don't want you to hurt like this. But I'm looking at you to make the choices and the decisions that I can look to in my life. And the young man looked back at him and said, I know. I know you are. And I said, well, let's pray. Caden, will you pray? He says, yeah. Puts his hand on the back of this young man's arm or his shoulder. And he says, God, take the hurt away. Take the pain away. And help him make good choices and good decisions in the middle of this. And he turns. And as the mother, which is an incredible woman, woman of God, he turns and looks at her. And he sees a mom with tears running down her face. She's hurting. She's so mad at him because of some of the choices he's made, but she also loves him with her whole heart. It's just all this, you know what I'm talking about, these emotional roller coaster, and you're intermixed with all these feelings. I look over and he grabs her and hugs her. Little Caden, eight, 10 years old, grabs her and hugs her. She puts her, she puts her head on his shoulder. I looked and I watched and I saw him. And I saw a 19 year old boy that was 10 years old at one time. And I went, oh God, help us. Help us to teach a generation not to be caught up on the right hand or the left, not caught up on what it looks like over here, making ourselves all look good and all those kind of things, all of our pride and arrogance and all that. Help our people to stay focused on Him, our eyes focused on what He has for us, a boldness and a courage to go after it and see all the good things that He's doing have confidence to make decisions and choices. And when life comes at a blow, not to make decisions and choices that erupt 
and destroy all the wins and progress that we're having in our life. You can outlast the hurt. You'll outlast the pain if you don't quit. Stand with me. I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm so, in fact, I'm so pumped up for you because I saw what's David and what's happening to David and Matt. It's happening in Bradley over there. I saw some things were happening in him, promotions, and I can just go on and on and on of all the great things. I want to see you be all you've been called to be. I wanna see you accomplish all you've been called to accomplish. I wanna see God become so real to you that you have no inhibitions about moving forward and making decisions and creating things that you should be creating. And when life deals you a blow, uh, it doesn't take you out. It only makes you stronger. It's not the right hand or the left that we're concerned about. It's can you be baptized with the baptism that he's baptized and drink of the cup that he's drinking. And you know what? I think you can. In fact, I know you can. There's not a quit in you. There's not losing in you. There's not backing away in you. Opportunity is straight ahead. Doors are opening. The Lord is beckoning you to come forward like you've never come forward before. It's time to move forward. It's time to go with your fast pace, go as hard as you can go. Celebrate your wins. Recognize what God is doing in your life. Be thankful for what you have around you. Don't be all worried about what you've lost. Be thankful for what you still have. Celebrate what you do have and you won't worry about what you already lost. And in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the suffering, in the middle of the blows and the dealing at you, don't make decisions and choices that compromise all the wonderful things he's doing. And if you keep going, you'll win. Just don't quit. Don't give up. And don't give in. Don't compromise your convictions. Don't compromise your integrity. Don't compromise what God is already doing. Just go straight ahead as hard as you can, as fast as you can, and take no prisoners because what God is doing in the land today involves your life, my life, and the body of Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, I bless my friends, my brothers, my sisters, as we are mobilized towards the things of God. Let us be known for sure. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, you have us right where you want us. And the process will turn out to be for our good in the end. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And God bless you all.